0: Hello there, welcome to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast, guys. Here we are. We're already on episode four of Wandaficient. So much to discuss in this episode, so I'm not going to waste your time in the introduction. We're just going to go straight into a new episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Okay. I mean, now... Um episode, do I want to say episode 4? Mm-hmm. Am I saying that? Yep. Yep, and it's all we get a full I mean, gosh, it's gone in so many different directions, there's so many different things happening. Um, mainly, like, let's dive into first of all, we are returning to we are returning to, like, the Marvel universe in this episode the day they beat Thanos uh-huh. in Endgame. And this is like the most... Because we... Everybody just kind of... in When you watch Avengers Endgame, they reverse the snap. Everyone comes back. And that's kind of like... That's it. Everyone's reunited. It's great. We've won. Everyone's won. And brilliant. But you never see... And I never even thought of this which is what you see at the beginning of uh this one division episode the chaos of everyone coming back
1: yeah yeah i thought um yeah I, I i was pretty surprised by the the opening as well it was uh yeah completely like left turn and yeah it was uh, mega surprising in terms of seeing the whole exactly that whole kind of real world setup of people returning and all of a sudden like this chaos in a hospital of all places as well where you know i mean well, we see, you know, Geraldine from the previous episodes um, kind of thrown into a situation where, you know, she thinks she's kind of there, you know, as part of her mother's treatment and then finds out, you know, shockingly that her, her mother's been dead for three years and she's been missing for, you know, an additional kind of two years before that. So it's 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 wild. It's a wild kind of start in terms of throwing you back into that universe, into that timeline. Um, and actually, you know, in, in terms of... St- the I mean the whole kind of feel of this episode feels it it feels like a film you know it, it whereas like the previous three episodes have kind of been very kind of uh faithful and dedicated to the sitcom style and you know from the kind of entrance music to um the whole setup of the episode and the way the characters act it out and deliver the lines i mean this if I mean the whole episode for me felt like a like a feature production really it was um and yeah, and like kind of, and tying it back already to yeah, to you know, to Endgame. Um, yeah, I thought it was really epic. It, it, it took me really by surprise, and but you know, I mean, already from the kind of energy of that first scene, you know, you're really thrown back into it, and I loved it to be honest.
0: Yeah, I'm really trying to avoid like any kind of. I know they, I think they do like teaser TV spot trailers for each episode and images and stuff like that, and I'm really trying to avoid any of that stuff, but yeah completely this feels like a feature film it feels like you're back straight in the middle of an Avengers movie almost to a certain extent that's what it feels like and you've got obviously this new um, company who's probably it's been in the comics I'm sure the sword Mm. um, government agency I can't quite remember it off the top of my head but I guess it all depends on which Marvel comics you read sometimes as to whether these you know transcend across multiple different characters or not i tend to be a spider-man guy when it comes to comics uh and and then i kind of jump over every now and again to guardians and iron man and stuff like that um but yeah it feels like on a full-on you know what actually makes me feel like a bit like a captain america movie because as well because the captain america movies sometimes went a bit more hand in hand with the avengers movies in the terms of how there was a lot of affiliation with the government agencies, and there's a lot of working with the within the military and stuff like that—that that, that kind of aspect—and that's what this made me feel like a lot. And like you said, yeah, it's jumping back into that real Marvel world, even though we, yeah. you know, we're in it in a Marvel series, but this feels like you know we're straight in the extension. I could be in the cinema watching this.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even from the, the, the sets that, you know, from the hospital in the first scene to like then going into the sword, um, sort of facility and, you know, you've got this massive kind of set and large scale production and things going on around and already, yeah, as I said, it feels like a film in terms of the setup and, and how things are being laid out for the episode. And actually as the episode continues to progress, I mean, it, as I said, it feels like the start of a film. It feels like something completely separate from the first three episodes. And, um, and like, uh, you know, I was, I mean, we were kind of talking last week how like, you know, the third episode was, it was interesting because it played on a lot of those sort of sitcom cliches and stuff. And, you know, it was almost kind of getting to a fever point. And then at the end of the episode, it sort of snapped into that real world um, kind of conversation, you know, bring up Ultron and, and, her, and uh, Wanda's brother dying. Um, and then, you know, to be kind of so like snapped into the real world in this, in this way, it's just, yeah, it, it felt like the first three episodes have been this. And I'm wondering how they'll continue this format, you know, whether they'll go back to the sitcom format, um, because i had seen some places online that they were assuming that the next episode would be like an eighties kind of stranger things, almost influenced episode, you know? Um, and I'm wondering if we'll ever get that or whether we'll have these kind of maybe, you know, every three episodes, it sort of shifts in, um, In direction you know so you've got the first three which are kind of sitcom you know true really and then these next three could be you know their own kind of you know um development point really to go you know towards you know what will happen in the final three episodes which may be a big payoff you know in terms of the way it's building up i mean um yeah and also the kind of the characters they introduce in this episode i have to say I, i i really love um i mean you know, Randall Park as, as agent Wu. Uh, he's just, wherever I see him in, I love him. You know, he's just so funny. Um, he is, yeah.
0: he is one of my like Monday of the past 10 years or so. He's one of my favorite comedic actors because yeah. his, de- he's got the full package. He's got the delivery, but he's also got the facial expressions and mannerisms and the way he just, uh, portrays himself on screen he's hilarious he's absolutely hilarious and he can easily I've I always remember when I first saw him was in the um American version of the British political thriller you know (laughs) a (laughs) thriller political like satire comedy um oh god I've forgotten what it's called it's like Yes, in the yeah. loop and they do Veep in America. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. he is in veep in America. I think he's like a competitor, another senator that goes yeah. against um the main character Julia Luis Dreyfus. Is it yeah. no?
1: Yeah, yeah, is Julia Louis Dreyfus, no? yeah, yeah, yeah. From Seinfeld.
0: Yeah. Uh from Seinfeld, yeah, who plays um alongside uh, him in, in a number of episodes but he's just hilarious i yeah. absolutely i just think he, i wish he was in more sometimes i feel he should be in more and i've only just started watching there's a comedy series he does in america like just off the boat
1: yeah fresh off the boat i've I watched that boat. last year or the year before i think um and yeah it's based on i don't know if you know eddie Huang, who he's done some kind of stuff for vice i think he's a restauranteur sort of guy um but it's yeah on-
0: i think he's has he got a series on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I think he does. And he goes like, he goes
0: around, um, he goes around like different uh, locations or cities. I think one of the episodes is with Seth Rogen and another, and he takes like different people around with him and they all talk about food from that particular place and how it's kind of sat, you know, their favorite dishes. I love food programs. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we love Randall Park. And one of the, well, this is, this is the thing. This is, another reason why this like episode like what you were talking about where are we going to go from here in the sense of are we going to get a sitcom episode and then are we going to get an outside of that world analyzing it and then are we all going to get or are we going to jump between both exactly. i kind of don't it doesn't bother me which way round uh they kind of do it i enjoy both storylines pretty much leading up to this point but the biggest thing i love about this is we always get these kind of crossovers, don't we, in Marvel? There's so many characters, and obviously all the characters that always talked about are your major characters. So when's this superhero going to team up with this superhero and this villain going to te- team up with this villain? And now we're seeing like, the co-starring characters from various series, and in this one we're bringing together Captain Marvel, Thor, and Ant-Man because you've got Randall Park's Jimmy Woo character who's from the Ant-Man films, Mm-hmm. You've got Kat Dennings' character, Darcy Lewis, who's yeah. from the Thor films, and it's great to see her again. She's uh, so funny the as well. Ones. And then, of course, you've got uh, Miss Paris, who is playing Monica Rambo, who is the daughter, of course, from yeah. which is the Captain Marvel connection, it is the um, daughter of Maria Rambo. that's it, mm. and is obviously playing a... It's not the same actress because that's impossible. <laughs> She's playing an age version because the Marvel's uh, Captain Marvel set in the nineties and this yeah. is set but that's one thing like you were just saying there about the characters that I love about this episode is bringing all these like co starring character roles because there's yeah. so many. There's so many that they can pluck and choose from, and it's just
1: I, I, love I, it. I absolutely yeah. love it. And, and the way this episode has been created to bring them all in, I thought, I I think it works so well. Um, like, as we said, like Randall Park is hilarious. And also this is the thing as well. What I loved about this episode is how it is completely different, but still really funny. And um, what, you know, in terms of some of the, you know, from Randall Park and Kat Dennings and the lines they have, I thought there was just some really, really good moments um, throughout it. Even though, you know, they're kind of going into quite a, Sort of apocalyptic scenario. They know they don't know what's going on, um, but I love the way that they they kind of play off each other. Um, you know, mainly Randall Park and Kat Dennings' characters um, throughout, and and how they infuse you know comedy into the situations just to keep it going. Because you know this sort of uh, sort of explainer episode, looking back over the uh, kind of previous episodes, you know, it's treading over old ground, but it does it in such a kind of refreshing interesting way and i love the way that this episode covers like all the kind of mystery bits that we get you know from the first three episodes and how it sort of ticks them off like the helicopter and and the radio of course and the guy coming up the sewer um so i just thought it was a, yeah really again really well written episode really well kind of created and uh yeah i really love kat denny's character Actually, i thought she had some really funny lines like you know washes dishes once an episode barf you know um <laughs> i thought that was just like a, a funny kind of way to like pick up on that like old school sitcom sexism you know
0: <laughs> um, well, I, I did like when she was like oh my god twins that's such a twist <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was like what i'm getting really invested in this <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah exactly and, and and actually that was one of the, the great things about the episode is how you know I mean, we've been watching as a captive audience the first three episodes wondering what the hell's going on and and the funny thing is that they are too, you know, they are an audience as well, like alongside us who are, I mean, she sets up the, I, I love it as well when she's like, I need an old TV, not a flat one, basically. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay. Um, and then, you know, and her and and, and, and Agent Wu, yeah, just become like this, this audience with us and, and, you know, they're watching alongside. So I so thought that was quite a funny little um, yeah just like set up for um how they're monitoring the 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 world that we you know they find themselves in and uh yeah it was uh so yeah i mean it's it's interesting and again it throws up so many questions and the fact that you know um what was cat denning's character called again um uh darcy lewis darcy lewis that's um the, the theories and things that she brings up it it throws up a lot of interesting points I think um so I think at this point, we can assume that wonder has created this world mm. and taken westview um and turned essentially Westview into a nowhere land really, because even you know the police officers at the beginning from eastview <laughs> the opposite of westview um they 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 they've never heard of Westview you know and, and That was that's
0: kind of of interesting, isn't it? Because, like, one thing I'm just going to quickly. Touch on is Jimmy Rue and Darcy Lewis are like the crime fighting adventure duo we never knew we wanted, and now <laughs> they need the I mean, if Disney Plus are going to make all these Marvel series, then I want one with just those two, yes. like figuring out like they're the new Scully and Mulder.
1: <laughs> I was just about to say that they could do yeah. like Marvel X Files, you know? <laughs> yeah, come on, we
0: need that. That's exactly what we need. It would be a brilliant series to like spin off on. Um, but yeah, when you were talking about it very much seems in terms of what Wanda's done is she's kind, she's obviously taking over these people's lives, controlling their minds and changing them into characters, the people that live within the Westview area. And then what she's done is everyone who has, it seems to be everyone who has a common knowledge of Westview, so lives in the surrounding area of certain amount of miles that she's wiped from their memory that that was even a thing. Probably that that was even a thing and those people existed. But then, if you're out of that area, Westview still exists in the world in the same way that, like, you could put a bubble over London and everyone around it doesn't realize London's a thing anymore. But if you were in Egypt, you still know London's a thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's it's like that way of thinking, isn't it? (laughs) And so, it's quite interesting the way they've kind of. The way they've worked, or how Wanda's thought about setting it up that it will work, that she will be able to create this world, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, wh- there's a few things I've, I've, on my notes. I've put down a couple of questions which, um, I was wondering on, you know, because um... questions
0: with Artsif, <laughs> <Yeah, yeah.
1: laughs> deep thought on WandaVision, um, so. Did Agent Wu at the beginning of the episode, he mentioned that another agent had gone in beforehand, but they had no knowledge of him, I think he said? I don't know if um, they, when they were talking I to the police, so. now, this is
0: I, I've only watched this once. Mm. And um, so and like we say, listeners, all the time, we have it on in the background, but it's muted. I should put subtitles on it, really.
1: The subtitles that, really help. <laughs> With probably, that would probably
0: really make sense. I'm just watching a, a screen of people talking and I can't (laughs) reference anything they're saying (laughs) because I don't know what they're saying um so let me just put subtitles on it
1: Um, (laughs) yeah I mean sometimes do help yeah um but that was one of the kind of things that I was wondering in terms of the cast that we've already seen who could be um this Agent that's gone in and then being sort of forgotten and just been absorbed into the kind of wonder world. Um,
0: well, when they when they start putting up, they start actually based on Darcy's theory, don't they? They start putting all these things together and knowing that they're characters. Perfect timing, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Agent Wu, by just uh, doing that exactly in the <laughs> in the show oh, as we yeah. talk about it. But yeah, so they start like identifying these characters as real people, obviously, mm. but pretty sure none of the characters are identified as agents yeah at this point in time they're which, just identified as random people who are people i'm presuming who all live in Westview yeah which uh, makes you right. think
1: that maybe there's like another FBI sort of other plot that was going on in maybe in connection with Westview um will we find out i hope so but again i thought that was just like a, a really small detail that kind of was you know it got me thinking like Okay, maybe who, who within the characters we've met could be this other agent, but I don't know whether it's going to be a big or a small detail. Um, we'll probably find out. But the well, I other... don't
0: identify everyone, do they?
1: No, that's not the exactly thing. Not. No, that's true. Um, and actually, within this episode, it's kind of interesting because you know they they highlight certain things and then they kind of go back to them. Um, so you know, in terms of the timelines and, and how it kind of you know, is messing with things. So, um, you know, like for example, you know, we saw in, at the end of episode three, um, um, Geraldine being flung from the world, but then we don't see that confrontation of how she's flung until this episode, you know? Um, which
0: was amazing, which I was really hoping we would get to see. Yeah. But there was like, there was so much more to that whole entire scene.
1: Exactly. So that's kind of what's interesting and what I'm really enjoying actually with how they're kind of, you know, messing with the timelines um, of the episodes and the films and what, what exactly you're going to find out and the details that they're going to reveal at at certain points. And I mean, so the other burning question I had was uh, is it wonder who's broadcasting this television signal Um, or is it someone else? You know, is is there like a, a larger power at play here? Who's, controlling wonder to use her own powers against herself maybe you know and then broadcasting the signal out for uh, to keep an eye on it or you know to to keep an eye on wonder and and keep her within this world and if she starts deviating too much they can just inject more characters into make it seem as if she it, you know the sitcom is real um so that was something that i thought was uh yeah, curious. Or maybe Wanda's just kind of broadcasting the, the, the television signal because she's assuming that she's in a, a television sitcom, you know? Um, I, uh,
0: there's, I know. There's, like, so many different ways you can kind of look at it and think about it because uh, it's, it's a weird thing to create to a certain extent. Mm. And it kind of, I feel it plays, I, I feel there's so many different layers to it. Maybe it plays into her mental state at this current time having gone through what she's gone through in losing her brother losing vision and then obviously coming face to face with thanos and then obviously all the other stuff that happened along with endgame and moving on from that and in her mind she's like creating the almost like the fuzz like the warmest like rom commiest kind of world where everything is perfect and uh, mm. in her subconscious the relation to that is sitcoms because yeah. sitcoms for like so many people is that tv you put on in the background to feel yeah. like cozy and relaxed and nothing bad's really going to happen and it's full of laughs and it's all good and maybe that's why we're like jumping so quickly from like 50s 60s i think we're we're going maybe i would say you got jimmy hendrix came in at the end of this episode jimmy's like late 60s early 70s
1: yeah i think i think the last episode was probably 70s um
0: or or, or like kind of around that maybe it's just jumping to those because she has loads of fragments of like oh i remember seeing this sitcom i remember seeing that sitcom and they're all different decades Mm. so that's why we're jumping through it her mind's using i guess she's using so much power to create everything it's hard to keep any one thing stable. Mm. And my kind of theory is that she's not broadcasting it as such. It's just because she's created it as a reality. It's like it's in the ether. It's a, that it's reality. Broadcasting itself. Yeah, oh, it's kind yeah. of transmitting itself. And it's only because of obviously Darcy's knowledge that she's been able to like hook onto that and kind of, mm. you know, decipher it in a way.
1: Yeah yeah exactly so yeah that that was I mean yeah interesting you say that, um because that was the sort of questions that I had, you know whether it was you know wonder kind of controlling everything and and actually, you know when we see her throw Geraldine out of the house, it feels you know there's a couple of things there that feels like wonder is becoming aware of the world, the real world and that you know, this kind of reality she's created is not real, but vision's in it, and they have a family and, and they're happy. And it felt like you know, she that was the kind of point where it felt like that she was actually more in control than, or you know, that she kind of knows that she, this is her own creation. Um, mm-hmm. and and you know, she's and also there's that pretty you know, kind of dark and eerie part when you know, she sees vision dead. Um You know, with the the mind stone ripped out of his head as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, like just before that, coming onto that, it's pretty eerie when that the guy who goes through on the hazmat suit and mm. it changes into a beekeeper suit. Oh yeah, that was... when he comes up, thing it, it's pretty eerie when he looks around and just sees Wanda and Vision just looking at him.
1: Yeah, and also we, like, we don't like know what happens to him as well. Motionless. Huh? We don't know what happens to him either. You know. You kind of like no, it as well, well, it's
0: every time there seems to be something which she corrects mm. the, when they're viewing on the screen, which is slightly different to when we're viewing it. It's just a blip, isn't it? It just yeah. skips the bit that was wrong. Like um, you have the bit where they try and reach her through the radio yeah. and uh, Dottie, like she breaks the glass, which we see when we were watching the episode. But then mm. they don't see. It's just yeah. a skip. But yes, now talking about this, like this whole scene, which is the scene where she, and once again, as they show it, it completely skips Geraldine's kind of, departure and it skips Vision coming back in and asking where she is and all that. It just skips straight from her asking who she is to them sitting on the sofa with the babies. Yeah. But this this whole scene as it unravels is, it's all a pretty like dark turn. Yeah. A longer dark turn than what we originally witness in the actual episode, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and th- and exactly, and, and that's you know as as it kind of plays out, you what well, we see it, and actually, oh, and the screen, you know, the screen does that kind of you know uh, goes to widescreen again. Actually, which I I didn't realize to put on my first two viewings, just kind of realize it now that when she's about to fling Geraldine out, it all of a sudden goes to kind of like wide picture mode and. You know, to the cinematic feel, you know, rather than that sitcom feel. Um, again, kind of you know, tying into that, you know, greater Marvel Power Universe. Uh, you know, with the films. Um, but yeah, you know, y- y- and Wanda seems quite sinister at this point. And yeah, it seems like she snaps out of her sitcom kind of personality completely, and then goes into like you know, protective mother mode, and you know, wants to protect her her children and this reality and and vision. You know, um and her kind of life with vision. Um, so it was, yeah, it's kind of throwing up loads of questions that, you know, you can't assume that Wanda was innocent in this whole, you know, the first kind of four episodes of the series, but like now she seems kind of quite sinister, um, which, so yeah. It's, uh,
0: it's a very interesting moment with Wanda herself when she throws, at that point, she is called uh, Geraldine, but, Monica Rambo, the agent's character through the wall you kind of see her have this shock that she's almost like that she's done it um that someone there's multiple feelings isn't there there's there's kind of like do I want to be that person or why have I just thrown them through the wall to nobody's going to come close to ruining what I have this Mm. is the only way that I have what I wanted and what I dreamt of this weird, weird balance, but yeah, now that it really did make me uh oh, take me aback how she saw vision when he comes back in the house, like you just said, yeah. he's standing there like a zombie almost, and he's dead, yeah. having stone ripped out of his forehead, and that's what she sees for a second,
1: exactly, and she turns away, and she's and also the way she's looking at her kids is like almost like you know. A sense of relief that she's there with them but i feel like you know after the kind of you know after geraldine brings up um ultron and the death of her brother in the last episode that kind of snaps something in her uh in terms of you know what well, snaps her out of the sitcom reality and then mm. into the actual reality and, and you can see that as the episode plays out towards the end she's there grateful for the sitcom reality and almost then knowing what she, what's happened or what she's doing and like happy to keep up the ploy really um from the way I, you know i'm seeing it at the moment i mean obviously earlier i was kind of suggesting that maybe you know the tv signal is someone else having a hand in it but by the end of the episode you're kind of thinking that you know it, it's sort of all wonders play um maybe kind of originally resulting from some sort of mental breakdown that explodes into this world and but now she's kind of come to you know terms with it she's pretty happy with it actually because you know she's created this whole happy life with her with her with the man she loves and you know having kids with him and oh the, the robot she loves i should say <laughs> um
0: it's 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 also strange because you see like vision's reaction at the end when he's got the they yeah. both have the babies they go to sit on the sofa and he kind of his face is like um what this is this shouldn't be or whatever's happening right now it's wrong and then he just puts a smile on his face and goes along with it yeah which makes like so there's some there's some form of subconscious still like around in vision there Mm -hmm. must be still some elements maybe what she's using to create vision is his body from uh the end of endgame or something that obviously because he's there might be some circuits in there, should I say? Or a little bit of hard drives or something that's still alive because otherwise you feel he wouldn't have any thoughts that she didn't want him to have to a certain extent.
1: Mm. Or maybe it's kind of her representation of him and he's almost like the sort of uh, the moral kind of good within her that is because you kind of see at the end as well that he looks like, Something's not right, and I feel like that will probably play out further in the next episodes. That he will maybe be this this morality within her to then bring her around to accept the real truth, you know, of the world that he's dead. They don't have a family. The sitcom is, a, you know, a sitcom. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's it's yeah. It was, I, I thought yeah, as I said, I mean, I thought it was a really kind of interesting end to the episode and. You know, as we said, like seeing Geraldine being flung out, um, it it was nice because you know at the end of the last episode, you just see her kind of get flung out, but you don't really know what happens. In and now that we do, it, it's taken on a whole kind of new level of of what we you know think about this world really and what's happening and who who who's playing out um, everything and mm-hmm. who's in control really. And it seems to be Wonder and wanting to keep her, her happy life really. Um,
0: and this for me is the first episode. Like, even though I really enjoyed the first three episodes, but it's the first episode where I'm like, at the end, I'm like, please don't end now. Please don't end now. I just want, I just want more now. There's so, so many questions.
1: So kept, many questions. I kept checking the time as well, just to see like, you know, and also I was wondering, you know, how long the, the credits would be on this episode. Cause I was really wanting just more and more, you know, it, it, as I said at the, at the start, it felt like the the beginning of a film, um, and the way that it's all shot and and created, and it, it feels exciting. I have to say, you know, like in terms of, I mean, I, I enjoyed the first three episodes, and as you know, at, towards the end of the third episode, it was getting even more interesting. But this one, really, I have to say, like, is really kind of draw me back in. Um, I say draw me back in, you know. It, it's not like I was drawn out from the first three. It's just that, like, the first three were, you know, they were hinting at these these overall story arcs but because you you're not given enough information you're still left with so many questions and curiosities and then this answers so many of those kind of those weird anomalies that we see within the episodes you know in the previous three episodes uh and then gives you like all that context the context with geraldine's character um and the kind of context for the world around it and, and what's happening so yeah i mean it's really piqued my interest in terms of seeing how it's going to evolve um in a variety of ways you know as we said like are they going to keep up sitcom format or will they um kind of match or balance out between the two like you know will we see the sitcom format playing out for wonder and then the real world format playing out for um you know all the characters in this episode so it's yeah i'm 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 very interested and yeah I'm, i'm enjoying it as well and i and bringing on all these characters is just yeah they've done it great i have to say
0: I think with five episodes still to come, we have some, maybe a, at least a couple of sitcom episodes left. One or two, I would say. um, Because uh, it then still gives you three episodes of sorting everything out, which is effectively a whole feature film. So plenty of time to do that in. And here's one thing that I've just thought of. I'm extremely proud of this, by the way. <laughs> and Kevin Feige, if you're listening, let's get... <laughs> Let's get Darcy's character and FBI agent Jimmy Woo's character together and call it The M-Files for for Marvel and House of of The M-Files you heard it here first you're welcome universe Jimmy Woo and Darcy Lewis is the new Mulder and Scully in Marvel's The M-Files please, someone please make it somewhere
1: I think we've got the name of this episode you know
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, yeah. oh, it was, oh it was uh it was extremely enjoyable uh for this episode we interrupt this program well titled um <laughs> we're thoroughly looking forward to next week but just another quick thing i'm gonna say guys we've got so much to look forward to we're gonna cover so much this year um don't think for a second just because we're doing marvel now we're not doing star wars anymore we literally cover oh. every bit of star wars content that comes out we are going to cover the Snyder Cut, which got its release date today, mm-hmm. which um, is coming soon in March, uh, barely a couple of months away. Um, we're going to be covering covering monster movies. We're going to go yes. deep dive ahead of Godzilla versus Kong. We're ah. going Godzilla. We're going Skull Island. We're going Woo! Godzilla ninety eight versus Godzilla two thousand and fourteen. We're going king kong 2005 versus skull island 2018 i think is the right year for that and then we obviously do the new films we're due june uh, we're due, like so much stuff that i can't even think about right now the other marvel series the winter soldier uh the loki series and whatnot so just keep on listening guys because we've got so much and what we do also down the line is we create um we have an email address that we'll shoot out to you guys. So further down the line, you guys can make suggestions and we'll watch that. We're also another thing. We're going to watch the Jurassic um, series, the animated series on Netflix. And we're going to do a couple episodes special on that. Um, and we'll probably do Jurassic because we love the Jurassic films. So we're diving into those ahead of the new Jurassic film coming next year. There's so much stuff being made. There's so much content we're going to make. Mind blown.
1: We are going to uh, make you content.
0: content (laughs) content with content that's how we're doing it so thanks for tuning in guys and we'll see you next week hi guys thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast don't forget to like comment and subscribe and may the force be with you We'll